welcome to Healthy Not Hungry, the bite-sized podcast all about redefining what healthy actually means. I'm your host, nutritionist and personal trainer, Rachel Doss. Here's what's on today's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Healthy Not Hungry. I'm your host, Rach. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to have you here. I'm so excited because today we have Ashley joining us. So Ashley is an empowerment coach and she's also a motivational speaker and writer. So thank you so much for joining us today, Ash. How are you going? My pleasure, Rach. I am so good. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, the pleasure's all mine. How exciting. So we'll get things started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. So as you said, I'm an empowerment coach. I'm also a writer and a speaker. Um, At the moment, I am actually finishing a book that's called I Don't Want to Date My Dad, which has a lot to do with our boundaries and standards. So it's all about um, my dating journey and my journey to self-worth. So actually having boundaries and standards. Um, And yeah, I do a lot of random speaking gigs, run speed friending events um, and run trivia nights. And I'm about to head off on a women's retreat as well. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. So you've got your hand in a bit of everywhere of, you know, trialing all different things. That's very, very cool. And can I ask so far, what's your favorite thing that you do? Oh, I think. So they all have different elements. Like I love writing. So this book, I only started it about six months ago and it's just, I'm almost done. Like I'm just editing. So writing is a big thing that I love, but I love speaking and having fun and running events as well. So I really love that I don't just do one thing. I can do lots of different things that actually light me up, which is really fulfilling (laughs) oh for sure I think having that variety as well is like it it stops things getting stagnant because you're always kind of here and there and I'm the same I love having my hands in all different areas and all little things that light you up oh that's really cool so for those who don't know can you please briefly explain to us what an empowerment coach does and why someone would potentially see one yeah sure So an empowerment coach is really working with people to help them be their most authentic self. And a part of that is having boundaries and standards and remembering your self-worth. So why people might come to see one is because perhaps they keep making really terrible choices in their dating life or, you know, or they've been a chronic people pleaser and always doing everything for everyone else and having really unfulfilling relationships friendships workplaces and things like that so someone that's ready to that is really done with the are we allowed to swear on this <laughs> oh we can try not to that'd be awesome okay. if not someone yeah. that's done with the repetitive patterns that are toxic or not getting them anywhere and they're ready to feel empowered and really live a life authentic to them yeah cool no that makes sense I can definitely relate on the people pleasing front I think a lot of people can, it seems. Maybe people pleasers are drawn to each other as well because I find that that's something that I struggled with for a long time and I have a lot of friends who are in a really similar boat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I find it's definitely probably bigger when it comes to females. I was that's just about um, to ask you that. <laughs> so it's it's definitely like I've definitely met a lot of men that will do the people pleaser. But like if we're looking at attachment styles as well, when it comes to relationships and relating, yeah, our people pleasers are usually the anxious and really anxiously attached and 
you know, the fear of being abandoned. So they're doing anything they can to keep that other person near them. For mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. No, it is. Um. Yeah. It's definitely something that took me a long time to work through. And my partner as well, he is also a people pleaser type. So I think when we got together, we'd both done a lot of work to get to the point where we didn't have the anxious attachment going on. Mm. And so because of that, it works really nicely because, you know, we, I guess we have a pretty equal give and take, like both being considering caring and wanting to do things for the other, but still also receiving that back. Yeah. See, that's perfect. That's the dynamic that you want. Like that's the the healthy, secure attachment style where, yeah, you've learnt your boundaries, you know who you are, you yeah. know your worth, and you've found someone that's willing to lean in and do it with you. Oh, yeah. Mind you, it took a long time to get there. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> I a few of the other ends before I got yeah. to that point. <laughs> oh, dear. So why are boundaries so important? Mm. So boundaries are important because without them, we, like we were just discussing, we end up doing everything for everyone else and we forget about ourselves. Yeah. Um, and when we aren't putting our boundaries in place and knowing who we are and what we want and what's okay in our lives, we build resentment when people are willingly or unwillingly, you know, crossing your boundaries. So, yeah, it's a, a, a lot of resentment can build up if, if, for example, we're in the dynamic where I'm the one I'm always giving to you, I'm constantly giving to you in just a friendship, and you're never giving to me and without you knowing that that's how I'm feeling or that that's crossing a boundary that I'm always there for you and there's no return and reciprocation it builds resentment and then you will also build resentment towards me as well because it's like that well you can feel the energy changing but also you start to lose respect for people that don't have boundaries you think, oh, well, I can walk all over you. You're just going to do anything that I tell you to do. So it's either something that if you are a taker, you will want those people in your life because you're like, cool, I can keep taking from them and using them, et cetera. Or you, if you have your own self-worth and realize that as well, you might be repelled by it and think, oh, I don't want them around because they don't have that self-worth that I'm looking for in a, a friend or equal dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that like takers purposely seek out givers or like people pleasers? Yeah, for sure. I don't know if it's really conscious though. I think when we are in those, you know, the anxious and the avoidant and and the giver and the taker, we're not really aware of it and it can be quite subconscious. So yeah, unless you're on like the real end of the spectrum like narcissistic personality disorder or something like that then of course you're going to go for the codependent people pleasing people yeah um but generally yeah I don't it, it's just it just happens like it just it's just happens. like it's magnetic just an energy exchange yeah, yeah exactly yeah. because the two you know people that are takers come to each other they're going to go oh actually this isn't going to work stick. I'm not it's getting money yeah no that makes total sense opposites attracts right yeah for sure (laughs) and um yeah I think too like definitely I guess the reason why I was asking is I've seen around a fair bit is that you will get someone who does have like a people-pleasing personality and they do sometimes end up in a narcissistic relationship Mm. and that's something that I see quite commonly and that's why I was kind of like do you think like someone who maybe does have the narcissistic tendencies might purposely look for those qualities as opposed to not 
absolutely. When it comes to a narcissistic personality disorder, like you'll know one of the first things they do to get you in the first place is love bombing. So they're going to yep. shower you with love and attention. And if you're someone that doesn't have boundaries and doesn't already know your worth, then you're going to fall for those that that you know love bombing really quickly because it's like oh, I've I've been starved of this attention and this love and affection for so long and I'm scared of being abandoned. So this person that's giving me all of this all at once is like the best thing ever. And yeah. then it fades after a few months. And yeah, there's a really good show that mm-hmm. kind of highlighted that. What was it called? Like Gaslit or Gaslight or something where it yeah. totally went into that and it was mm-hmm. like it was a drama series, but if you were like, oh my goodness, like you just saw how it completely took over and scary times. Yeah. Yeah. It can be, yeah, it can be scary. Like I used to, before I moved into empowerment coaching, I was working as a trauma counselor. So yeah. Working with domestic and family violence and, you know, so many stories and my own stories as well of being in those dynamics that the love bombing and the narcissistic personalities and, mm. Yeah. Not a fun time. Not a fun time. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so with having boundaries, do you think that having them or not having them affects our health and well-being? Yeah, absolutely. I think not having boundaries can affect your health and well-being and also help your health and well-being. Um, Dr. Garba Mate, Garba Mate, he um wrote When the Body Says No. And that's classic examples of people that never have boundaries. They just would people please and keep doing everything for everyone else and completely sacrificing until their bodies would shut down. Um, so he really goes into that that in that book. But also just, you know, on superficial levels, like if you're, if say you've got a gluten intoler- intolerance, and you want to go out to dinner with your friends or a partner or something, but you don't want to tell them, hey, I actually really can't eat gluten. It's really going to affect me. It's going to make me feel bad. (laughs) Um, Then, you know, you'll go and you'll eat that food and you'll feel terrible. And, you know, it's, it's going to make you resent the other people. It's going to make you feel sick. Um, And the same, like yeah, when you do have your boundaries and, and you know who you are, you know what to eat, what enhances your lifestyle, what to say no to and what to say yes to, what's going to make you feel better, what's going to make you feel nourished. Mm. So it's a huge part, boundaries and standards with what you're eating and thinking about and reading and being around, they're all, it's so important for your health and well-being. Oh, for sure. But no, it's really cool to hear like, you know, like the examples you gave us, like what a difference it does actually make. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that because of that, if we don't have boundaries, we create them. Mm-hmm. And if we do have them, we're making sure that we're being aware of that and using them, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Always follow through with your boundaries. A boundary is just like a set of words, a string of words, unless you actually follow through with them. Oh, Definitely. So what are some ways that people can start to implement boundaries into their lives and relationships? Mm. So getting to know yourself is probably the biggest thing first. Like know what your wants are, your needs are, your desires are. Know what you want in your life and what you don't want in your life. So, you know, if you, I think, a you know, blanket boundary in relationships or in friendships or anything is no abuse. There's no tolerating abuse at all. 
So yep. your boundary would be, you know, I'm not a tolerating, I'm not tolerating abuse. You don't even need to voice that boundary. That boundary should be just a blanket rule. Yep. Unfortunately, not everyone realizes that, but yes, it should be a blanket rule everywhere you go anyway. But as soon as someone crosses that, as soon as someone calls you a name or, or calls someone else a name in front of you, that should be your cue to walk away. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, one of the extreme boundaries to have. I just went blank on the question. So I guess would you say like looking at the red flags, for example, like and mm-hmm. obviously like if you know that a boundary for you is obviously no abuse, then mm-hmm. if you do start to see these red flags popping up, that's something that we need to not take as an off day, but rather be aware of and vigilant with. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so many different types of abuse and things to look for. Like, as you are mentioning earlier, the gaslighting and things like that. If people are doing these little, whether it's emotional abuse or financial abuse or physical abuse, sexual abuse, any of those things, if you are seeing little snippets of that, it's just going to get worse. Like, I love what, um, you know, one of the other like blanket rules is if you go to a restaurant with someone and they're treating the wait staff like crap, yeah, that's a telltale sign that they're going to do it to you too. So that's a huge red flag and run. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. No, it's one of those things, hey, it's so hard because sometimes I think we think maybe, oh, because of past experience, I might be hypervigilant or mm. someone like this would say that you're being oversensitive. Mm-hmm. But really, I think it's knowing, like you said, your blanket rules enough to know that actually, no, you're not being oversensitive. It's just purely bad behavior. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I get people to do is actually write down what those boundaries are, like even writing down like no abuse and what those little examples of it. So then they can use it as a checkbox. If they do see it in the flesh, then they can actually go to their piece of paper where they've written it down and say, oh, yeah, no, that's that's a no. That is an absolute no. Cross that off. Cross them off. Yeah. yeah. I think having those visuals even if it's just in words, is is really helpful for people to stick to those boundaries as well. Yeah, for sure. If someone says like if, like obviously for some people this is a completely new concept, right? If they were to say, I don't know what my boundaries are, what would be a good way to spark to think about what they could be? Yeah. Um, thinking about the things that probably annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like what? That's a that's an easy thing to think about. Is like what annoys you that people do, and it's like, oh, I hate it when people turn up unannounced, or you know, I I hate it when my mum asks me personal questions about my relationship, or you know, I I don't like it when my boyfriend pressures me or or girlfriend pressures me into things that I don't want to do. Like that's where to start having a look at think of the things that are annoying you or frustrating you or making you angry. And that's where you can start acknowledging where your boundaries are. No, that's a really good point. And do you think also looking at perhaps like past relationships, whether that be like romantically or friendship as, or even work colleague, like looking at past experience and thinking, okay, what about that served me and was really good. And what about that was something that I really need to avoid? Yeah, exactly. And that's a that's a great reflective practice as well. If people can do that, have a look at it and think, yeah, these are the things I really enjoyed. I really liked how they treated me like this or this is what they did for me or um, this is how they communicated to me. And, and yeah, looking at the things where they're like, oh, I did, I did not like how they spoke to me. I didn't like how they would 
turn their nose up at me or I didn't like how um, I wouldn't get spoken to if it was like a work meeting or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. So if someone had a friendship or a relationship in place already and they feel that there are no boundaries or their boundaries are always being attacked, Mm -hmm. how should they navigate about this to set boundaries? Yeah, sure. So again, first knowing what your boundaries are and then pick a boundary to implement. If you've never had a boundary in the friendship or relationship that you're in, you can expect there's probably going to be some pushback. And, you know, it might be pushback because they're like, whoa, I've never seen this person before. Like, I don't know how to respond. And it can make you uncomfortable when someone sets a boundary for the first time with you. But if they are not listening to your boundary, if you've, you know, clearly stated what your boundary is a couple of times and they're still ignoring it and completely disrespecting it, it might be time to look at whether that person should actually be in your life. Yeah. Um, But if they're willing and committed and they're like, oh, can you actually remind me? I, I, you know, I don't want to cross that boundary. I want to work with you. I want to be in this relationship or friendship. Then, you know, that's more of a space to lean into and um, create more boundaries and talk about it. It's all about open communication and being honest and upfront and using I I sentences like I feel um, you know I feel hurt when you speak to me like this or I feel really uncomfortable when you try and pressure me to do things I don't want to do so rather than saying you pressure me into doing things you take it off them and say that this is how it makes you feel yeah exactly the way to approach it yeah Yeah, exactly I feel first and then explaining what they're doing after yeah so you want to add to that you can do that and this is how to treat me instead so yeah I feel really uncomfortable when you try and pressure me to do things that I don't want to do um next time I'd really like it if instead of pressuring me you ask me and yep. respect when I say no yeah no that's cool that's I like that you've given a solution of like yeah. you know giving them a, an alternative of how they could handle the situation if you do say you have a best friend or a relationship and you have this conversation with them and they say, yes, I want to work with you, but then they keep doing it. Do you think that that is, they're just kind of trying to say what you want to hear or what, what, how would you interpret that? I guess. Yeah. I actions and words should always align if they are not aligning, aligning and they are obviously disregarding your boundary and they're saying, Oh, you know, sorry each time, but then repeating the pattern. Yeah, that's, that's the cycle of abuse. That's the I'm sorry, let's repair, but I'm going to keep repeating and doing it and we're going to go in this circle over and over. So again, it's up to you to step back and think, okay, if they've crossed my boundary a couple of times and it's a pretty obvious boundary and we've had a very clear discussion around it, they're probably just, they don't respect you. Yeah. And it's time to move on. Yeah, no, I'm, I have to admit, I've gotten pretty cutthroat when it comes to friendships and even just like acquaintances. Like if I feel that someone is not respecting me or constantly pushing against boundaries, values, mm. I'm someone who will cut it quite quickly. Like some of my <laughs> girlfriends are like brutal and I'm like, yeah, but like I, I have limited time and energy to spend with people that I care about. So why would I spend it with someone who in the nicest sense maybe isn't worthy of it? Like yeah 
And that's it. And I'm the same. I'm very well renowned for delete and block. Yeah. <laughs> like I move on. I'm not interested. Like I'm just, I'm actually about to post it. A, um, a post about it. I was writing about this yesterday. It's like time and energy are my, are our biggest resource. Yep. Why waste it on people or things that aren't filling you up and inspiring you or, or challenging you in good ways to help you grow? Yeah, it's not worth it. I think as like a people pleaser personality too, it's really hard to do that. And especially to say no to things, like if there's something you really don't want to go to, instead mm-hmm. of saying yes, because you feel bad or you feel it's the right thing, it's like that's something that I've been trying to work on is just be able to like honestly say no mm. and be okay with that. Yeah. Um, one of like I've coached a few people through that, obviously. And but one of the things I get them to do is instead of saying yes straight away or no straight away, because no is the hard one, right? Is they can say, let me think about it and I'll get it back to you. So yep. then it creates that space. And then instead of, you know, replying to their face or immediately because your nervous system says you need to say yes, yeah. you can take that space and then get back to them in, in a day or so and say, it's a no from me, like no thank you or whatever, you know. No, that's a good one. It's practice. It's practicing integrating those no's. But also sitting with a friend, I do this as well as when I'm coaching, is getting someone to say no to me, like saying things that I know they want to say no to they or they should say no to but you know their people pleaser is such a strong yes yeah. so I, I you know just do, do some role play with that like say no to me like I'm gonna ask you out say no to me I'm gonna want to take you to dinner say no to me it's like getting them to practice it and embody it mm. yeah no it's definitely a hard one but it's definitely <laughs> worth practicing as well yeah. Uh, one thing that I think really helped with my boundaries, especially when it came to dating and relationships was having really strong friendships. Mm. And like, that's a big belief for me. I think the moment that I really started focusing on my girlfriends more, everything else went into perspective. So I guess my question is for you is how important do you think it is for us to nurture and have strong friendships around us? It is so important. And I, I cannot stress it enough how important it is to have a community, whether you're a female with your sisterhood or a male with your brotherhood. It is so important to be surrounded by people, again, that inspire you, that yep. challenge you in the best ways, that uplift you, um, and that you can trust and feel supported by and building that community. Like I used to be someone that only had, you know, maybe three close friends and that was it. And that could be really hard or I'd have one best friend and that was it. Yeah. And so much pressure as well for when they can't be there. So building that community and having that community that you do have really strong boundaries with, like you have respectful boundaries and it's reciprocated is so important to your personal growth and your relational growth, your your relationships are going to be so much stronger knowing that you have a support system behind you as well. Yeah, no, for sure. No, it's cool to hear that from other people as well. Cause yeah, I know for me, that was a massive game changer in so many aspects of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It really is. And you hear about it all the time. Like again, like I never used to have that huge female community. Yeah. And then it's only the last year that I really started to build it and was like, no, this is so important to my health and well-being and to be able to have even better relationships outside of my sisterhood. So yeah. 
for mm. sure. So for someone wanting to make some new friends and, you know, build that community and set some good boundaries from the beginning, what are some tips you have? So again, like know who you are and what you want. If you're someone that's um, into health and well-being, only go and hang out with people that are also into health and well-being. If you're hanging out with or finding groups that are only um, full of people that drink, that's going to really grind your gears and it's not really going to be a long dis- long distance, a long-term friendship building. So find the groups and the people that are aligned with your values. And now we have so many different groups. Like, for example, on the Gold Coast, there's, you know, make new friends on the Gold Coast, which is like a, a group of 12,000 women on Facebook. Um, and there's like all different little ones as well where you can hop in there, say who you are, say the things that you're actually into and find like-minded people um, to do those things with. So know what you value, know what your boundaries and standards are and what you're willing to put in or your voicing those to the people that you're trying to have a friendship with because if you're like I want a friend that um, wants to catch up every single week and the other person's like oh I actually want a friend that is you know a great friend but I only see them once a month so yeah yeah, it's knowing what you need in your friendship as well and being honest about that well thank you so much for answering all those questions for us today it's been very insightful and I've definitely learned a lot and I'm sure everyone listening has too but if people want to get in touch with you, Ashley, what's the best way for them to find you and get in contact? Yeah. So if people want to find me, Instagram is the easiest and quickest place to get me. That's at Ashley Johnson Turner. And that's spelled A-S-H-L-E-E-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-T-U-R-N-E-R. Um, or you can hop on my website, ashleyjohnsonturner.com.au. Or you can email me if you have any questions at info at walkwithmetherapies.com.au. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. Even like I I say this most episodes, but it's so great for even if people aren't necessarily wanting to get in contact right now, just to be able to follow along and, you know, gain a little bit of inspo from what you're posting and just to have it in their back pocket. Like you never know when you're going to need help with something like that. Or maybe you don't, but maybe one of your close friends is like, I'm really struggling with this. And you're like, oh, I know someone. And, you know, it's the best way to be able to share that around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Instagram, um, there's a lot of free content and sharing sort of coaching snippets and stuff on there. So definitely a good place to hang out. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. My pleasure, Rach. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for today, but thank you so much for tuning in. For more episodes, subscribe to the Healthy Not Hungry podcast on your local podcast streaming site or follow us on socials at healthy.inspiration. That's spelt with an R-A-C-H-I-O-N. Thank you again. We hope you have a great day. Stay healthy and happy and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.